You can save every day by shopping at Whole Foods Market. Seriously, don't just go for the big sales. Walk the store and see the savings for yourself. In the seafood department, look for the yellow low price sign on Whole Foods Market Responsibly Farm Salmon. This fish is perfect for the grill. Buttery, fatty, yet lean, nice thick fillets. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it, and I know I can get it at a great price. There's so many ways to save at Whole Foods Market. Now you know. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Grammar Girl here. This week, I have a quick and dirty tip about shined versus shown and a meaty middle with idioms about tea. A listener named Mary Jean asked about the past tense of the verb shine. Is it shined or shown? The frustrating answer is that it can be either shined or shown, but some sources recommend using shined when the verb has an object and shown when the verb doesn't have an object. Here's an example with an object. Aardvark shined the light in Squiggly's eyes. The light is the object of the verb shined. It's the thing being shined by Aardvark. Here's another one. Aardvark shined his shoes. This time, shined means polished, but the verb still has an object, his shoes. And here's an example without an object. The moon shone brightly. The moon is just shining. The verb shown has no object. The rhyme, it's shown when alone, will help you remember to use shown when the verb is alone. In other words, when the verb has no object. Of course, that memory trick is most helpful in the United States, where the verb is pronounced shown. It's less helpful in the UK, where the verb is often pronounced shone. And thanks to the word hawk for reminding me of the difference. This distinction between shined and shown isn't a hard and fast rule. It's more like a suggestion. But if you aren't sure which verb to use, it's a good suggestion to take. And that's your quick and dirty tip. The verb shine has two acceptable past tense forms. And the best choice is usually shown when the verb is alone. And now on to Idioms About Tea by Simon Horobin. Tea was first imported into Britain early in the 17th century, becoming very popular by the 1650s. The London diarist Samuel Pepys drank his first cup in 1660, as he recorded in his famous diary. Quote, I did send for a cup of tea, a china drink, of which I had never drunk before. Unquote. The word tea derives ultimately from the Mandarin Chinese word cha, via the Min dialect form tea or te, te. The Mandarin word is also the origin of the informal word char, heard today in phrases like a nice cup of char. The Chinese origin of the plant is remembered in the idiom not for all the tea in China, meaning certainly not, not at any price, 
which originated in Australian slang of the 1890s. By the 18th century, tea had become a symbol of fashionable society and a staple of the coffeehouse culture. Samuel Johnson was a self-confessed, quote, hardened and shameless tea drinker whose kettle has scarcely time to cool, who with tea amuses the evening, with tea solaces the midnight, and with tea welcomes the morning, unquote. As tea drinking developed into an elaborate social ritual, so did the associated paraphernalia. From the 18th century, we find references to teaspoons, tea boxes, tea tongs, tea kitchens, similar to a modern tea urn, tea caddies, from caddy, C-A-T-T-Y, a unit of weight ultimately derived from the Malay caddy, K-A-T-I, Sets comprising cups, saucers, teapots, and other essentials were known as tea equipage, or rather more prosaically as tea things or tea services, as they still are today. The trade in growing, selling, and administering tea created a need for tea growers, tea sifters, and tea ladies, nowadays associated with a tea trolley and tea urn. The grandest ceremonies were overseen by a tea hostess or tea master to ensure proper etiquette was observed. The large sums of money involved in the importing of this luxury commodity prompted efforts to regulate the trade, resulting in tea tax, tea duty, and tea broker. The Boston Tea Party of 1773, when British tea was offloaded from ships into Boston Harbor in protest at taxation, is the inspiration behind the name of the U.S. Republican Tea Party movement, although some commentators have interpreted this as a backronym, an unhistorical explanation of the word's origin for, quote, taxed enough already, unquote. Historical terms like tea user and tea dealer resemble the lexicon of today's illicit drug trade, while in modern U.S. slang, a tea head refers to someone who regularly smokes marijuana and a tea pad to a drug den. The drinking of tea became such an established feature of English social life that we find references to tea breakfasts, tea soirees, tea picnics, tea visits, tea dinners, and even tea fights, a slang term for a tea party rather than a bun fight. A great frequenter of such events, assumed to be acting from disreputable motives, was known as a tea hound. The light refreshment taken in the afternoon is still known as tea, although in some parts, particularly in northern England, this is now used to refer to the evening meal. But how many households retain the tea bell, used to summon the family to assemble at the appointed hour? A love of tea is so ingrained in British life that the phrase cup of tea has come to stand for anything viewed positively. In the 1930s, what interested someone was termed their tea. Today, we're more likely to express our dislike for something by saying, it's not my cup of tea. When someone is distressed or bereaved, we console them with tea and sympathy, a phrase taken from the title of a 1950s film. The dangers of excessive tea drinking are apparent from the tea sot. Sot is an archaic word for a drunken fool and tea drunkard, 
quote, one who habitually drinks tea to such excess as to suffer from its toxic effects, unquote. To be described as tea-faced implies a sallow or effeminate countenance, like one addicted to tea drinking. Overconsumption of tea can also be a source of flatulence, as suggested by the origins of the expression, more tea, vicar? used to cover the embarrassment prompted by some social faux pas. This phrase is supposed to originate in an effort to fill an awkward silence caused by a vicar breaking wind at a tea party. More tea, vicar? The genteel hostess asked in a deft attempt to save the clergyman's blushes. But as the story goes, the vicar, unversed in the niceties of social etiquette, responded bluntly, No, thank you. It makes me fart. <laughs> that post was written by Simon Horobin, a professor of English at the University of Oxford and a fellow of Magdalen College. He's the author of Does Spelling Matter? and writes a blog at Spelling Trouble. He's on Twitter as S-C-P-H-O-R-O-B-I-N. And a version of this podcast originally appeared on the Oxford Words blog. This week, I'm going to thank a few listeners who recently wrote reviews at iTunes. Thank you to Carrie110, who wrote, This is short and informative. Well done. Randy Tramp, who wrote, I look forward to each episode of Grammar Girl. I listened this morning and found great tips on writing. And finally, Farmer's Apprentice, who wrote, Grammar can be fun! I was introduced to the pleasure and fascination hidden within grammar lessons at Catholic school when I was a child. Learning the right way to go about using language is enjoyable with the right teacher and setting. Grammar Girl gets it right. Peppered with intelligent humor, she piques my interest in every installment. Highly recommended podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to write those reviews. They help people decide to give the podcast a try when they're browsing iTunes, so that makes them really important. Thanks again. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find all my articles and transcripts of this podcast at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all. Thanks for listening. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.